I think that when we realize that self-care is not an indulgence, but like Naomi said, is actually necessary for our own ability to thrive and then us being healthy, able to take care of the people that we care about. So when we're able to kind of shift our view and see self-care as kind of a general term for our overall health management, it's easier to see that as an important lifelong endeavor versus an occasional, oh, hey, I have a little bit of extra time, so I'm going to take a bath or take a nap, right? We see it as a necessity for life versus something that I might do someday if my kids give me any free time. You're listening to the Aggie Parent Family Podcast, a podcast for parents and families of USU Aggies. Here we share practical advice from leading USU experts and students to help guide both you and your student in your journey at Utah State. My name is Isaiah Jones. I am the Parent and Family Program Coordinator here at Utah State University. And today I have with me Naomi Brower and Elizabeth Davis, two great professors from our USU Extension office. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Could you all just start out just telling us a little bit about yourselves, where you're from, how you got involved with this parent-related research? So I'm Naomi Brower, and as you mentioned, I'm a Utah State University Extension Professor in Weber County, which is located in the Ogden area. And I personally have a passion to help others improve the quality of their lives through strengthening their relationships. And so as part of that, I regularly teach classes and write articles to facilitate that. And my name is Elizabeth Davis. I'm also an Extension Professor. I'm in Kane County. So down in Southern Utah. And my interest in self-care and parenting practices was initially personal and then progressed to professional. And I'm really passionate about this information and I'm excited to be able to share some of this today. So we will link this in the show notes, but for those of you on our USU Parent and Family Portal, you saw the article about becoming a better parent through self-care. So that is our topic today. These two wrote that lovely article. And so what we want to talk about is how do we become better parents or delegates or family members through self-care? So could you two first tell us what exactly do you mean by self-care and how does it relate to parents? That's a great question. And really, is it the foundation of self-care is understanding it? I think for a lot of people, myself included at one point, the term self-care kind of conjured like to my mind, the image of a woman like taking a bubble bath or drinking a glass of wine, indulging in some chocolate. And there are a lot of companies that have used the tagline of self-care to promote their products, whether it's cosmetics or clothing or food, indulgences, diets, exercise programs things to make you feel better, where in reality, actual self-care covers many areas of health and is not gender specific. So what self-care actually is, is any activity that we do deliberately in order to take care of our health in regards to either our mental, emotional, physical, social, or professional well-being. I think it's important to point out the intentionality of self-care and that it's things that we do to promote our health. So things that won't be damaging to our future. And I think it, that it can be easy to get sucked into fake self-care options. For example, real self-care is drinking water because hyd hydration is a basic necessity to life. Fake self-care is using alcohol or drugs to kind of numb our feelings instead of addressing or caring for our bodies. So real self-care is setting boundaries around our limits 
fake self-care is saying yes to everybody and everything because you want to be a nice person or real self-care can be treating yourself to something new because you love yourself. Whereas fake self-care is impulse buying something that promises to make you love yourself. I I hope that that distinction is clear because like I said, actual self-care won't ever cause damage to our future by engaging in that. One of the things as a parent myself, but also with the parents that I've communicated with kids of a variety of ages or students. And I like what you say about it being intentional and sort of non-gender specific and being able to, what are those sort of basic needs, but also being able to set those boundaries. Five things that we mentioned in the article that we wrote, welcome to look at those, but I'm also going to just cover them here as well. These are not rocket science, and you've probably heard them before, but I think the real question is, are we doing these things? I think many of us know that we need to do self-care, and oftentimes it's just a matter of giving ourselves permission to feel like we can do that and not taking away from our children in some way or you know, feeling guilty for doing that. And so, as I mentioned, there's five. The first is meditation and mindfulness. So regular meditation or mindfulness helps individuals to respond to daily stressors more calmly. And there's lots of different resources out there to help us with that. There's apps, there's, you know, smartwatches, there's lots of things. However, it's going to help you to do that to take that moment to just step back and clear your head and focus on the moment is going to help you. Another one is enjoyable physical exercise. So I'm not saying you have to go out and run. I think a lot of times people think about exercise as being a chore. And we all know that exercise does have positive benefits for our physical and mental health, including our brain function and energy and sleep and all the things. But I think it's hard sometimes for people to want to get motivated to exercise. And I think we need to just keep in mind, this is about celebrating the fact that we can move our body. And so do something that's enjoyable to you. If you're a social person, go find a group activity, go hiking with a group, go with your partner somewhere and go walking and talk at the same time. There's lots of things you can do. Go do a group activity at the gym. If you're an introvert and you need time alone, then choose an activity that doesn't require a partner. I personally, a lot of times will watch a video at home and exercise, or I'll get on the treadmill and and watch a show that just helped me zone out. And so I think whatever is going to work for you is what you should do. The next one is adequate nutrition. And eating healthy, we know, is going to help us to feel better. And it's affected by lots of different factors, where we are in life, our personal situations, our preferences. What access do we have to food? What culture do we have? What traditions that we have? But I think it's important to remember that everything that we eat and drink matters. And the right mix of those things can help us to be healthier. So it's not just about, I have to follow the certain set of rules. It's about feeding our body what it needs to feel healthy and to be able to focus and feel good in our lives. So think about the variety and amount of nutrition that's in the foods. We want to choose those fruits and vegetables and foods and beverages with less saturated fat, sodium, added sugars. And we want to start with small changes. I'm not saying go out tomorrow and never eat something unhealthy again, but we can start with small things and it makes a difference. Maybe we're just cutting down on how much sugar we're eating or less fast food or whatever it might be. Just make one small goal. The next one is sufficient sleep. I think we all know that we need sleep. And depending on where you are in that parenting cycle, sometimes you get less sleep than others. And so I know from personal experience, sleep is very valuable to me. And there are things that you can do when you're, you know, depending on how your kids are sleeping at night, 
that you can do to get enough sleep. So you can limit or avoid caffeine or alcohol or smoking, having a set bedtime, having a set bedtime routine, turning off screens. These are things that we can do to help ourselves calm down. It doesn't help with kids coming in in the middle of the night if you've got little ones, but it can help in some ways. And I think we just need to, sometimes it's just telling ourselves, I'm done, I need to go to bed because I do need to get up early and treating ourselves to that and taking care of ourselves in that way because we know we'll feel better when we get enough sleep. And the last one that I put in the article was time dedicated to personal friends and interests. I think oftentimes free time is viewed as unnecessary or optional. And I think ultimately we need a brain shift because research tells us that when we spend regular time in things that we are choosing to do, such as recreational activities or leisure activities like napping or watching a movie or reading or hobbies, that there's a benefit to us physically and mentally. It's not selfish to have self-care. I want to say that again. It is not selfish to have self-care. It's self-preservation. Um, and really, it's going to help us to rejuvenate, to be the best person and parent that we can be. Yeah, that's extremely helpful. I know a lot of those items, like you said, not necessarily rocket science or surprising, but I think they are things that we tend to think of as when I get some time, I will go to sleep. But it's, it's very helpful to remember that these are actually the things that can help us thrive in, in those other areas of our lives and also bring connection with friends and family and things like that. Perhaps you could tell us a little bit more about how and why self-care is a lifelong effort. I saw that in the article, and I thought it was helpful, especially in seeing all the different practices that you named, but maybe you could tell us a little bit more. Why is it self-care is a lifelong effort? I think that when we realize that self-care is not an indulgence, but like Naomi said, is actually necessary for our own ability to thrive and then us being healthy, able to take care of the people that we care about. So when we're able to kind of shift our view and see self-care as kind of a general term for our overall health management, it's easier to see that as an important lifelong endeavor versus an occasional, oh, hey, I have a little bit of extra time, so I'm going to take a bath or take a nap, right? We see it as a necessity for life versus something that I might do someday if my kids give me any free time. So, so yeah, I think that that's a mind shift, that it's necessary to be a lifelong effort and also to realize that it will change. The kind of self-care that is going to be most important to us will change depending on, like Naomi said, depending on where we're at in our parenting cycle. And so you mentioned the different practices, and it's super helpful to realize the, the lifelong effort aspect behind self-care. But what are some other resources that you would recommend to parents on self-care who want to learn more? One of the things uh, when I started my journey with self-care, it was a little bit like New Year's. It was a little overwhelming because I was like, oh, I need to do this better and this better and this better. And I wanted to do better in everything. And like a New Year's resolution, if there's too many, it can be overwhelming and it doesn't last past February. So one of the resources that I really like is this worksheet that, you, the, that we can send you the link that has a worksheet you can fill out. Be honest with yourself when you're completing it, and it will tell you things that you're doing well, which can be really encouraging, and also help you identify the areas of your life that could use a little bit more attention. And I think that that kind of helps it be less overwhelming and narrows down. Okay, there's, you know, I would like to get more sleep and have more playtime with my friends, but I filled out this worksheet and really what I need more of right now is sleep. And so I'm going to adjust my lifestyle that way. And I think that that can be, it's been very helpful to me and other people that I've shared it with. So I definitely recommend that. Now, is there anything that I've left out that 
you two would like to add that would be helpful to parents or, or those who are interested in self-care? I wanted to add that self-care doesn't look the same for everybody, and particularly in partnerships, that it's important that we support each other in our efforts for self-care. For example, at the beginning of the pandemic, my husband, who is an introvert, started a new exercise program. So he would get up early and exercise before everybody else got up so so he could fit that into a schedule. And I saw that and said, oh, this is a great plan. I'm going to get up and work out with him in the morning so we can have some time together and I can get my physical activity in. So I got up and was working out with him and it took about a week before I realized that he was getting up earlier so he could start out his workout routine before that. And bless his heart, he was too nice to tell me that in addition to exercise, he also needed to be alone as part of his. So which is fine. I exercise later in the day. He has his morning routine. And that's necessary for his self-care to be able to do that alone. So I think that people in partnerships have the advantage of having someone that can support them. We just need to be conscious of the fact that what we need for self-care and what our partner needs for self-care is not always the same and that it can change. A new mom probably needs a nap more than she needs to go out to lunch with her girlfriends. So, so just being aware of that, trying to create as a couple rituals to support each other's self-care, practice asking each other, what do you need right now? And then trying to facilitate that, whether it's time at the gym or alone time or time with friends or peers. Sometimes I've had people mention finances as an obstacle to this. I think that's an important thing to address as a couple to make sure that budgets are, are adjusted to facilitate what each individual needs to support their self-care. So, and I just want to add that I think we need to give ourselves a break, especially with the craziness of COVID right now. I mean, there have been so many extra demands and stress in the past few years for all of us. And I think it's important to just take a break and take care of ourselves for a minute. We don't need to keep up with the, the frenzied pace, perhaps, that we were at before all of this craziness happened. And so many people share that they feel guilty to take time for themselves, but it is necessary in order to be your best self and to have the increased energy to stay on top of your parenting game. Whether you have little ones, whether you have kids that are in college, it doesn't matter. Kids take effort and they take time and we want to be able to be there for them and our best self. And the way that we do that is by taking care of ourselves. So if you need someone to tell you that you have permission to do it. I'm telling you right now, I'm giving you permission. You need self-care. So now you have it. You can say it's prescribed. I get self-care today, but maybe put a reminder up for yourself that it's okay to take time and it's not selfish to take care of myself. This has all been fantastic advice. I noticed from everyone in the portal that they have been really engaged with this piece. I really thank you two for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us. We'd love to have you back. But that's it for today's episode. Make sure that you like and subscribe. Reach out to me through the Campus Portal if you have any questions. And I'll also check the show notes. We'll leave all of these great articles and the worksheet there for you to take a look at. So thanks, everyone. Thanks for coming, Naomi and Elizabeth. And as always, go Aggies.